Hello there, I'm your host Tiffany and I am super excited to have you with us for another episode of Yala Rocks. Today, we're here to talk about something foundational that is layered into everything you do, shapes. Maheen joins us to talk about her thoughts around creative shapes, from the foundations of the shapes themselves in the dance, to how we can layer them together with different parts of our bodies and on different planes to create new and unique expressions of the music. From improv to combo creation, we dive into how we can utilize a simple concept like shape to get super complex and not only use it as a tool for creation, but also use them as a tool for gaining greater confidence in our improvisational sessions. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Yala Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. Today, we're welcoming Maheen back to the podcast. Maheen, I'm so excited to have you with us. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to have another year of the bundle going. It's it's my favorite time. I get to talk to all of these people that I absolutely adore, and we get yeah. to share all of our knowledge, and it's just super fun. <laughs> so when someone asks you what your favorite season of the year is, you say, bundle season. Bundle season. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I don't think it's my family's favorite season, but it's definitely my favorite season. (laughs) So for our new listeners, can you give us a little bit of your story? Introduce yourself. Tell people who is Maheen. Well, let's see. Um, I teach and perform based in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, And uh, I... A lot of people outside of Phoenix know me because I have been publishing the belly dance quickies for over 10 years. And, um, see, I think this, we're headed into the 11th or 12th year, excuse me, no, 12th year this January. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've taught all over the country and in Canada and, uh, have two troops. I own a studio and here in, in Phoenix, Homeworld Dance and Music, um, and I just figured out that uh, this November will be my 25th year in belly dance. Amazing. I haven't figured out how to mark that occasion yet, but I just was doing the math and I'm like, oh, well, that's a significant milestone. I should gotta have a party something about that. <laughs> you gotta at least have a party. <laughs> well, I've got three shows to produce in the next month, so I'm not sure when there's going to be time for a party. So maybe one of those shows is going to be the milestone. I don't know, but <laughs> the milestone marker. Yeah. So that's me. (laughs) Awesome. So for the bundle this year, you'll be teaching a two part class on creative shapes to help students open their minds and their bodies to thinking about new ways that that we can kind of approach these foundational shapes in Middle Eastern dance. So Mm -hmm. the first question then has to be, what are the foundational shapes? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I think that the shapes that we kind of all share in common, and those would be um, circular shapes, you know, whether it's, you know, on your hips, interior, exterior hip circles. And of course those occur on all different planes. They, you know, you have your regular, what we think of as hip circle, you know, on a, on a horizontal plane parallel to the floor, but then you also have like single hip circles that kind of go perpendicular to the floor on one side. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you have ummies that are a little more inside and squished. And like I was explaining, I, I have, I, ha- I love my students, I, especially my ones that have been around for a while because they ask the most interesting questions. One of the students asked me, we were doing interior hip circles or ummies, and she says, so what plane is this movement on? And I was just like, I just melted. I'm like, I love that question. <laughs> Thank you. And I had this, and then I went, well, it's actually kind of more shaped like 
a Pringles chip. <laughs> and everyone went, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, it was perfect. So, but, um, so where was it going with that? Oh yeah. Circles. So, you know, basically, so you've got all these forms of circles and then you have all these forms of infinity or figure eight type shapes, right? Whether they're different places on your body and they're also in different planes, right? Like a figure eight going horizontal to the floor versus something like a sway or a maya, which is moving vertically mm-hmm. through your body perpendicular to the floor. So, I mean, basically um, starting and even thinking of an, like a full body undulation as a figure eight, because it is in a transverse plane. Yeah. I mean, it, it moves in a figure eight kind of shape. So when we start to process the idea of shape in our body in a more mutable way, mm-hmm. uh, I, we, we open our minds up to some new things and we, have a better understanding of like what we can do with something like that. So I, the the thing I'm putting in the bundle this, this year isn't necessarily a two part class, but it's two classes related on a related idea. So it's not Mm -hmm. like it's part one and a part two, they're kind of two different facets of Mm -hmm. two ways of approaching yeah, two things that are kind of useful to the idea of being more creative with your use of shape. So mm-hmm. I have to say, like, I am an, in, uh, primarily I'm an improvisational dancer when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find me. I don't, I, honestly, I don't think I've ever done a fully choreographed piece as a solo in my entire career. Like, you know, you're really here parts, for the improv. Right. Yeah. L- l- little, little parts might be like, kind of, you know, if it's a song I know very, very well that it kind of just always comes out the same way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or some similar way most yeah. of the time. Right. Um, just because that's how I feel what I hear in that moment. And that's what that sound feels like to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, you know, when you dance improvisationally, you know, you have to, you, you're using what comes naturally. So mm-hmm. in order to have more natural vocabulary in your body, you have to find the things that are kind of, you have to expand your set, you know, you have to expand your set of, of movement. And if you yeah. stick to doing your horizontal figure eights one way, and you always do them exactly equal on both sides and, and this, and, I mean, that doesn't give you very much room for expression within that movement. Mm-hmm. But so I like to kind of like, yeah, I'm always explaining and, and comparing dance to language. And uh, I think it's a really apt analogy. Um, so if we think of learning a new language, right, we have to learn a whole bunch of stuff. We have to learn the, you know, common words and you have to learn how to conjugate and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And those, you know, those are your, that's your foundation vocabulary, right? Your, you know, your hip circles and your basic Egyptians and, you know, all of this, you know, all of this, all your very typical kind of foundation movement at its plain base form. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from there, you know, what do you do? You start, you know, you go in class and you learn these dialogues. Like, do you know where the airport is? You know, like all of that stuff, right. These really false dialogues. And and I kind of, I kind of think of um, combos in class and to a certain degree, choreography as dialogues. I mean, students learn them because it helps them put their, puts their, put these 
these foundation movements in context. And sometimes with a little extra, with some emphasis, some timing, you know, a little flourish here because the music says so, right? This is how you ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, so when, when we learn combos and choreography, we're putting these skills into a use, a useful context, but it doesn't really help you when you go out on the street in a foreign country and you need to find a place that sells bottled water. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, so you, you better know how to, you better know how to like talk. (laughs) Right. And you got to think on your feet, you got to answer, you know, listen to what you're hearing. So uh, I, I, that's what I think of improvisation is that kind of a conversation with the music. It's, it's more spontaneous. So the more ways that you have to express yourself in that, the better. And if we open up our idea of shape, um, then we can, you know, we can be more, we can be more innovative. So it's not just a matter of like having more vocabulary. You're also, you're, you're training your brain to be flexible Mm -hmm. and you will hopefully not look like every other person that your teacher taught. (laughs) Right. I mean, because really we don't want that. We don't, you never, never, never want someone to look at your performance video and go, Oh, she has got to be this person's student because she dances exactly like her. I mean, right. in the other, that teacher may be wonderful, but do you really want to look like a copy of somebody else? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, take the, the best things from that teacher and then bring yourself to it. Right. So that's what you want. Um, so uh, some of the stuff that, you know, I like to do in class with, uh, with shapes and, and kind of breaking open this, this idea is to give people prompts you know, we're going to, we're going to take this idea of, um, like we're going to take a one shape and we're going to, you know, try some things different with it. And of course we'll try some typical things like, can we make it bigger without making it, you know, impractical or dangerous or, yeah. or just silly looking, right? We're getting, how small can we make it? Can we make it a little more inside our body or outside our body? Or, you know, of course, playing with the timing of it. Can we make it, if it's something that's symmetrical on two sides, what happens if we make it a little bigger on one side than the other? How much can we play with that proportionality of the shape, right? Um, can we lift it off its plane? Can we tilt it a little bit? Can we, you know, do something else with it, right? So, and then there's a whole, all these ideas of combining things, right? Like uh, sometimes I'll, uh, I like when I teach these classes, I'm oftentimes getting the, I'm, I'm saying, just throw me a shape, give me something. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I have I stuff in case they are like completely deer in the headlights and got nothing for me. Mm-hmm. But, but I like to show them that this is a spontaneous idea. So I get the shapes from them in class, usually when I'm teaching this live. Mm-hmm. So someone, you know, will take two things and we'll say, okay, let's see, can we create uh, something where we put one of these shapes inside the other? So we, we start to play with it and then, you know, we'll come up, we'll, we'll come up with something. Well, can we put it here? Can we do this? What? Well, no, this inside, this doesn't work, but let's try B inside A. Let's see what happens there. And it's always a little bit of a messy process sometimes. Well, at least sometimes it is. Sometimes it falls right together. But, um, but and the funny thing is sometimes we'll get, I was like, okay, we got something that works. And this one's always funny to me. It's like, well, we'll do it and say, okay, so here we have it. This is the thing we came up with. We're going to do this inside of this and we'll do it. And someone was like, ah, I got that wrong. And I'm like, no, you didn't get it wrong, but you found your version of it. So 
<laughs> so, I love that. He's oh like, my you, found, you found the one that comes out of your body naturally. And that's good. That's a win that is not, I got this wrong, <laughs> right? It's like you found a new way spontaneously to put this together, but it happened because we tried to prompt, right? So it just didn't come out of her that way. It came out her a different way. And then we all try it. We're like, okay, let's try her way. <laughs> that, that one's fun too, right? So, I mean, there's a thousand ways to do this. And like uh, one of my favorite ones to do is to take, is to take a, uh, two shapes and we see if we can make some like if a like if a a hip circle and an undulation had a baby what would it be <laughs> right so I mean like you know we're like try and create this little hybrid kind of a thing you know flipping things upside down changing their plane changing part of their plane you know combining things on two different um, you know, like think two different move, movements that occur on different planes naturally and see how they fit together. And, and this isn't like just weird experimental, you know, stuff. <laughs> I won't curse. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it has a lot of, uh, purpose to it because I mean, and, and on different levels, it has a lot of purpose. Like on, on one level as a skill drill, it's just good. Like you know, can I make my body do something new? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's just, a, it's just a, a plain old, you know, skill practice. You can do this on a second level. It's teaching your body to think differently, you know, like, Oh, it's teaching your brain to think differently. I can, I can bend this. If I can bend this, the idea might come back up in another occasion, right? You've planted a new seed of an idea in your head about what you might be able to do with something. Um, and, you know, on the third level, if you, if you find something that kind of resonates in your body, just feels like it comes out naturally, then when if you use it and you welcome that thing into your body, it will eventually pop out in improvisation at the time when, you know, when it feels like it's right. The other thing I'll, I'll ask my students, you know, once we come, when we come up with something, um, I'll oftentimes I'll, uh, I'll say, okay, well, this is really cool. So what would this movement potentially sound like? Hmm. Like meaning like where that's my kind of way of asking them, what would you hear in the music that might prompt you to use this? Yeah. Right? I mean, does this movement sound like a, or does it sound like a, you know, or, you know, he's yeah. like, whatever, whatever, you know, could be anything. Right. So, but it's like, what instrument do you think it sounds like? You know, I mean, you know, what, what's sometimes I, I like to keep the questions pretty open. Like, mm -hmm. what does it sound like? And Sometimes if I get the stare, <laughs> which right. I occasionally do, because like, it's the, you know, I know when I ask a question like that, everybody's got something in their head, but they're afraid to say it because they think it's wrong. And right. I'm like, you know, and it's not, there's, it's just not, I mean, I'm, you know, most of my students have been with me for a long time. They know that it's not wrong. And, and I've never said to them, no, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. um, but, uh, <laughs> but they'll be more willing to, to kind of like, bring out what is in their head. And so sometimes I do have to ask a little more leading question. You know what, does this sound like something that might go with something from a drum or something from a violin? I mean, what is it? Yeah. What do you think? Is it, where I, is it a little better, right? <laughs> I love this idea because it's a different way of approaching it. We listen to the music and we're like, okay, for this type of instrument, these are the kind of moves that we're normally going to approach. And that works and is great because you're listening to the music, which you should always be doing. Of course. But I think doing it backwards 
allows your brain to complete the circuit the other way around. Like, what does this move sound like? Yes. Oh, when I hear that sound in it, like it, it almost trains you to recognize that piece of the song when it happens. Your brain's like, oh, the other day in class, we did something that sounded like that. I, I could really like turning this around. Mm-hmm. You hear something really crazy. Um, a couple of years back, I had uh, a couple of musicians that worked with uh, that worked as part of our dance ensemble. And they were pretty open to most of my crazy schemes and suggestions, which was wonderful. <laughs> it's always good to have people like that who will go along with worth, you. <laughs> worth their weight in gold. <laughs> yes. So I, I, we actually had a few things where I wrote a combination and the combination put a melody in my head and I got them to play the melody from it. We reverse engineered a melody from a combination. And this is what happens, right? When we talk about live music and how the, the dancer listens to the band, the band watches the dancer, right? Like they're all feeding off each other because yeah. essentially this, what you're talking about here is what the band is doing anyway. They're watching the dancer and going, oh, that's, I'm going to do this riff or this particular accent because that's what they're doing in their dance. So I'm going to emulate that with the music because it's, it's not just one way. It's a, it's a back and forth. That's right. I mean, in the best situations, it's a two-way street is, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of rare, unfortunately. Um, but, but yeah, in, in some situations, like we, we actually had some pieces where the, the skeleton melody came from a, came from a combination that I wrote that, uh, that our, that our, our nay player helped picked up the melody from, and that developed into an original composition. But we used to do this all the time in our live music class pre COVID. (sighs) So sad. (laughs) We miss it. <laughs> yeah, that's not where we're not quite back to that yet. We don't have live music class uh, just yet because uh, we haven't allocated that many spots to uh, to be able to have musicians in the class as well. Yeah. At this point. But um, but yeah, we used to do that all the time. We used to like I never told them play this song. I said, here's what we're doing. OK, you know, let's here's the rhythm I'd like. And then her name player would create the melody as we went, which was fantastic. fantastic. I know. I know. I'm so spoiled. I was so spoiled. That, <laughs> class, that class went on for, for years until COVID. But anyway, so yeah. So, so back to the idea of the shapes, you know, yeah, I, I would ask people, you know, just not what, you know, think conceptually without the constraints of music, just to kind of see what you can find. Yeah. Right. Um, but then once you've found it, where might it be useful? Like, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of hole does this fill? Right. I mean, what kind of, what kind of, what does it go with? You know, what could you do with it? And, you know, so I think that um, that just opens things up. And, and so one of my favorite ways when I'm teaching this and uh, this, I don't believe we did this in the classes for the bundle this year, but um, I, I do this, I try to do about once a year with my live classes. We do uh, a create your own three quarter shimmy, which is super fun because it combines two of my favorite things is this whole idea of tweaking shape and, you know, kind of busting it open and bringing it back in a new way and, re- and, and three quarter shimmies, which I just love. Um, and so we just take the principles, the, the basic principles of three quarter shimmy and we find new parts. But in the, in the process, we come up with things that mechanically don't work well. And when then we go, okay, well, how do we tweak this? So we make it does work well. 
you know, so it does, right. You know, this feels awkward, but what can we do to not make it feel awkward and make it flow? And we learn how to fix things like that. And then we're like, okay, well, what kind of feel, what kind of attitude does this reporter shimmy has? Does it feel really heavy and folksy or does it really feel kind of sophisticated or does it feel very fancy? You know I mean? Like what is it like, flirty, you know? Yeah, like, right. Like I was, things you can put on it. I was like, what, what kind of, like, I'll ask him, I'll be like, give me adjectives. What describe this to me. Right. And so, and so, yeah, we go through this process of creating a couple new ones, um, you know, that are not standard and they're always fun and they're, really wonderful skill drills for hips, you know, even if they never yeah. use them personally, um, you know, it's not really their thing, but it's a great skill drill. Um, and it's a great new way to open up thinking. So that's basically the big thing. It's like, you know, so, so on some level, this is about finding new skills in your body and making new connections. And on another level, it's about opening up your thinking to, to stuff like that. I mean, actually, if you want to see some of that stuff in action, watch Fifi Abdo. She does it all the time. She is always playing with shapes in a new way, you know, um, twisting them up, com- you know, combining one half of one thing with something else. If you look at it, you know, emphasizing one end of it, not the other. And she does it all in service to the music, which is exactly how it should be. So if you want to see it in action, watch her. She's just, I mean, there's other examples too, but, but I think she's one of the clearest ones that I think mm-hmm. You can point point to and look at, um, but yeah. So uh, that's what it's all about this year. <laughs> I think that's so great because, like what you said about improv, like this being able to show up in an improv setting, right? You just put on a song, you're dancing, or you're doing a performance, whatever. And a lot of the advice sometimes we get is like, well, just use your figure eight to express the music. Like, just pick one move and go. But a lot of people, they get, and it's great advice, but some people get the deer in the headlights moment where it's like, okay, but I only really know how to do a figure eight like this. And the idea of putting texture or feeling or moving the planes, like it, it, they haven't done it outside of that space. And then in the space, there's too much pressure. And I feel like this is a really good, like middle ground where it's like, okay, well, let's take the shape. Let's take this move and Here's a bunch of prompts on ways that we can mess with it. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing all of that, like the concept work around it so that when you do get put into an improv setting, you're like, ah, okay, now I have, I have that piece. I'm not just doing a figure eight and hoping I can figure out a different way to do it. I've actually studied and experimented with doing it different ways so that I can bring it into this space. You need to get it out of your brain and into your body because you can't be thinking about your movement while, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people are going to disagree with me about this entirely, but I think you don't want to be thinking about your movement in like, I mean, like in a, like that shouldn't be the big occupier in your mind. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about the bandwidth in your brain while you're performing improvisation you shouldn't be 80% of your brain thinking about your movement. I feel like it should be 80% of your brain thinking about the music and 20% trying to avoid running into people and knocking things over. Maybe <laughs> like realizing where you are in space and, and, and acknowledging your crowd and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. like, uh, like that 80% should be about thinking of the music and the rest of it needs to be a reflex. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It needs to come into your body as a reflex. I mean, you know, my, my phrase that I've always said for ages, <laughs> this one is in the ears and out the hips. You got to listen, let your body respond. But if you haven't given your body the vocabulary and the practice to be comfortable with lots of ways of doing that, then you, then you haven't given your body the ability to express. So, you know, you don't want to have your brain tied up with, oh my God, what combination am I going to do next? You know, I mean, that's, that's not the place to be in that moment. Ideally, yeah. I mean, it'll just, course, you want to work towards that. And it takes a long time to, to kind of really kind of just drop in, to be able to just drop into that mode, but it's possible for everyone. You just have to be willing to do it. You're going to be willing to try it and you have to take some time to prepare yourself for it. So, yeah. And you have to realize that being good at anything starts with the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> oh my God. I had this conversation last night in class, like, which I, and it's when I have very often because when you mean a lot of people don't say out loud in class when they're beginners that, you know, like, Oh my God, I did so terrible or this looks so awful or whatever. But you know, a lot of people are thinking it, but occasionally mm-hmm. you'll get someone who says it out loud. That's me. And- <laughs> You know, as I always like, and this person happened to have come into class with a, a girlfriend and, uh, and, and I, this is a conversation that's happened many times in my class and will happen many more times. And, uh, and I was like, you know, it's like, this is your first time in class. I said, I said, if I asked you, I said, if I asked you some, about something that you're really good at, I said, actually, I said, I could ask your friend. I said, she could tell me something you're really good at. I bet everybody knows you're really good at. She goes, oh, I could tell you like five things. And I'm like, yeah, and this, this kind of even doesn't matter what it is. The first time you did it, it wasn't perfect. <laughs> right? It was like right. it was not. It was like it was it was probably pretty bad, but you liked it enough to keep working on it. And now everybody knows you're really good at it, right? So, <laughs> and I don't remember who um who said this uh, originally, but I know that I heard I've, I've heard Todd Henry quote it many times, and or maybe it's his. I don't even know. I, I don't. Either way, the important part of it is uh, uh, you don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle or very far along in the process. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to compare your beginning to anything, you just prepare it to you yesterday, compare it to you yesterday. <laughs> right? right. Exactly. Like, yeah. You don't, don't look at someone who's been doing something for 20 some years and say, oh, it mine's terrible. Well, okay. Well, maybe check that against yourself 20 years from now. And then, then, you know, then talk about that. So and like, that's the thing. I think a lot of us, we get stuck in comparing ourselves to each other Mm -hmm. in the stance or comparing ourselves to our teacher. And the only person you can compare yourself against is yourself, especially because like you said, you have, your body has its own way that it wants to do things. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you do, like your hip circle is never going to look exactly like someone else's hip circle. You might be able to emulate it and get close, but like, it's, it's not going to happen and it shouldn't happen. So why are you even comparing yourself to them? Because that's not what you want to be. Anyway, you want to be yourself in the dance. I think that there's value in trying to copy. Like, I think there's value in trying to copy, um, 
other people's styles just to try them on to yes. see what kind of what what comes up again it's expanding your skill set and it's also opening your body to new experiences but i don't think that we should constrain ourselves to doing things one way or another and i think when it comes to this kind of getting into these very kind of creating what seems like very bizarre sometimes in experimental shapes mm-hmm. i mean there's always context right i mean so if you if your style uh for a piece or just for you as a dancer is to be kind of very avant-garde tribal fusion kind of whatever. I mean, you can get a little more out there with what you do, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to, if you, your piece or your style overall, it tends to be a little more towards a classical style, then you probably have to, you know, moderate some things. So it fits in the aesthetic if you want to stay in an aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. So there's always some context there um, that has to be, thought of if you're going to present something, right. You're going to include it. Um, but you know, that's another thing. It's like, you know, if you relate different, uh, shapes and ideas and you have a sound or you have some quality about this music that, that you find that they represent to you, then they'll more naturally come out at the right time. If you perform different styles, (laughs) Right. Like they'll come out in the context. It's just like little kids who know three different languages and they know exactly who to speak what to. Right. You know, and it just because they don't <laughs> think about it. They're yeah, not they like, oh, switch. yeah, they code switch easily. Right. You know, they, they code switch easily. And, and so, you know, movement wise, if you do multiple styles, you should be able to code switch, you know, your, your movement. So, and that's all just in the practice and showing up and yes. being, you know, testing out these shapes. Yeah. And, and not, and not expecting to, and not expecting that anything is an overnight process. It's not just a, Oh, take one class and boom, there it is. Right. No, everything is a process. Everything has to settle in and then you have to find it within yourself. And then you have, when it's ingrained in you, then you can express it on the fly when you need it. Awesome. So Maheen, for people who are listening, our dancers are going to be hitting the dance floor later today and they they want to work with this idea. They're like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to experiment with some shapes. What's something you would have them do in their practice? Uh, well, I'd have them check out the little challenge that I put up for the, yes. <laughs> because that's exactly what we did. I um, talked just a little bit about two tiny prompts. Um, one of them being putting some one thing inside the other and the other one being creating a half and half kind of hybrid shape. And I gave examples for both of those in today's little challenge bit. So, and we'll embed that on the podcast page too, for anybody listening in the future, you can check that out and (laughs) get dancing with Maheen today. Yeah. So, and, and if you remember, there is no wrong. It's just, you know, if you try the thing that I showed you and it doesn't come out that way, um, before you try and correct it, try and take notice of what did come out and, and, and see what it is. I mean, don't toss it away just because you tried to copy something I did. You probably, you might have an entirely different idea. So go with it. Awesome. Maheen, tell people, how can they find you on the internet? How can they check out what you have to offer the, the worldwide web <laughs> as it were? 
Well, you can find me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at Maheen Belly Dance. Um, both places. Uh, you can find my most of the big stuff that I'm doing on my Belly Dance Quickies site, where you can sign up for the Belly Dance Quickies, which comes out a couple times a week. Um, we're experimenting currently with this publishing schedule on that, but we're settling into some new some new patterns after 11 years. Some things need to be adjusted. <laughs> All right. Um, and um, yeah, you can find me there if you kind of just want to like not talk shop so much and look for things like that and just like find me just <laughs> without so much belly dance, find me on Twitter. There you go. <laughs> That's where I hang out. We hang out for non-business reasons. Um, and yeah, and, when, and the uh, all the information about the belly dance quickies and the lecture series that I host. Uh, which uh, we've had amazing people on um, will always be on the belly dance quickies page. So, and classes, all the classes, the uh, short videos, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. We will link all of that up on the show notes page, everyone. So if you're driving or doing something, you can't use your phone right now. You can check that out later. Yeah. And Maheen, I have one last question for you before we leave. Okay. I would like to know what is the most positive dance experience you've had over the past 18 months of COVID? Let's bring some positivity to the garbage. Wow. Okay. I know what it was. I mean, I don't know if this is actually the number one thing, but this is the one that's coming to mind. Um, we, my student troop and my, uh, my main troop dreams of Arabia, uh, we needed a creative project to keep us going. So we decided to do a music video and we, 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 we got all, we got all costumes. We, we got a restaurant, we a restaurant, we did this whole thing on a, a on Greek folk, like a Greek folk dance inspired piece. And we did the piece, we did the piece hybrid in a, in a, uh, in a, a, a very innovative event where we performed inside the studio, opened up the whole studio front and had people in our parking lot watching from outside. And we, Amazing. That, we broadcast it as well. But then we took the piece and we, we took it to a restaurant and we recorded all the bits and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm ashamed to say that months later, I still haven't finished editing that project. Uh, <laughs> so to my students, I'm sorry, I, pr I promise I will. But the best thing was none of us had really danced like just together socially. And we did these scenes where we just social danced for a bunch for the mm -hmm. video. And everybody, when we sat down afterwards was like, Oh my God, that was so much fun to just to get up and dance with people. And so we all had this moment of just like, there's such pure joy going on on that dance floor with all of us just having a good time, you know, dressed up and in this beautiful restaurant and everything like that. So it was just, that was really, that was probably a super high point. Um, you know, it's like, we're going to get through this. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Finding that joy in, in the dance, right. That's yeah. what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Dancing with our friends. Yep. That's it. Fantastic. That's it. Well, Maheen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining us and, and bringing joy to your students. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I love the bundle and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everything else that's in it. It's the last one kept me busy for a year. So I'm looking forward to see what 2021 brings. <laughs> it brings a lot. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Thank you everybody for listening. Maheen, thank you for your time. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. 
There are infinite ways to approach any shape and any combination of shapes. It's what makes our dance so interesting and how we can continue to come back time and time again to something new and different every single time. Whether you're creating your own shapes with these prompts that Maheen will be teaching us, or if you're learning how someone else has combined things, there is so much to be learned by taking it back to this basic building block and seeing how you can twist, stack, and build with shapes. Check out more from Maheen and sign up for the Belly Dance Quickies at thebellydancebundle.com 82. It all comes back to finding new skills in your body and making new connections as you move through your dance journey. And it is absolutely time to hit the dance floor and start playing with shapes. 